Welcome back to episode 141 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast, podcast dedicated to all things official Draft FPL. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another game week preview going over waiver options, hidden gems and general Premier League chat ahead of game week six. Game week five was one of those weeks where everyone on Twitter was saying that their draft team outscored their main team. And our response is always the same. That is, your draft team is your main team. Most of the big names had a quiet weekend, while just in my 11-team leagues waiver pile, for example, we had Douglas Louise, Pascal Gross, hudson Adoy, and Gustavo Hamer all on 10 points, uh, with plenty of other 6, 7 and 8 pointers in there too. Definitely a winning week for Waivers FC, which we have to take on the chin. I'm recording this episode on Wednesday the 20th of September, so any team news, injury developments or press conference info are up to date as of then, and of course, subject to change. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include Leandro Trossard, Edson Eduard, Luca Colliosho, and a few more. So let's get straight into it. So let's kick things off with Waiver Watch. The main players that you guys were bringing in last week were Beto, Boli, Neto, Archer, and Manor Solomon. The players making way were Anthony, Danny Welbeck, Steele, Emerson and Sancho. The sixth most wavered out player was Richarlison. Ownership dropped from nearly 90% in 10-team leagues down to 74% and you don't need a segment on a podcast to tell you to grab him if he's available. Looking at the fixtures, the main thing to point out this week is looking ahead to next week in which we've got the first double game week of the season. Not the most thrilling one in terms of the teams involved. That rearranged game between Burnley and Luton will be moved to that midweek, so they'll both have a double. Um, So if we look at Burnley's next three fixtures for this week and next, they've got Man United at home, away to Newcastle and away to Luton. Luton have a home game against Wolves this weekend. They're then away at Everton and have that home game against Burnley. So they've got a wonderful little trio of fixtures here. And if it was anyone but Luton, we'd all be really excited about that. I'm still going to pay them a little bit of attention in the Hidden Gems section because some of you will be eyeing up that double next week. And the other ones, if you're just looking at the single game weeks, Brighton at home to Bournemouth, City at home to Forest. Elsewhere, there are a lot of pretty well-matched fixtures. My tip of the weekend is Villa to go and get a big result away at Chelsea and pile the pressure on there. Into the main picks, starting with goalkeeper, and that's Raya for Arsenal. It didn't take very long, and despite the posturing from Arteta, the superior goalkeeper was given the starting spot. There is still a decent wedge of leagues out there with Raya floating around the waiver piles, particularly as many managers could have ended up with a non-starting pair. Handcuffing the two for a couple of weeks isn't a bad option, but I really don't see Ramsdale playing more league games than Raya this season. It was the easiest clean sheet Arsenal will get all year and Ramsdale must have been quietly cursing Everton from the bench for not putting in more effort. Arsenal have two huge home games coming up against Spurs and City in game eight and if Raya plays in those, he is definitely the number one. Some defenders, I'm going to start by highlighting Luca Dean for Villa. He's currently 30% rostered in 18 leagues and I'd been wary of him due to the imminent return of uh, Alex Moreno and how well he played at the back end of last season. But honestly, I don't think you can drop Dean with the form he's in at the moment. Him and Cash 
are probably the most dangerous fullback pairing in the league at the moment. And their fixtures up until middle of November are very nice indeed. Away to Chelsea this week, um, as I just mentioned, not the easiest on paper. Um, and then Brighton the week after. But following that, they've got Wolves, West Ham, Luton, Forest, and Fulham, which is a really, really nice run. And I think they're just coming into form at the right time after a little bit of a rocky start. And as it stands, I would fully expect Dean to play in the majority of those. Now, I can't believe his ownership has risen so much that I can't include him in the hidden gem section. But with Wambasaka out for a while, um, it means that Reguilon is probably going to continue to get some game time. Not the best time for United currently, but some nice upcoming fixtures, including Burnley away this weekend. Into midfield now, and with Martinelli withdrawing through injury and currently set to miss their Champions League game uh, that will be played later tonight. He didn't look too severe and he did spend the rest of the game sitting comfortably on the bench, but still, I think um, this does open the door nicely for Leandro Trossard for the next couple of weeks. Um, I think his ownership will rise considerably this waiver window. Havertz was dropped for the first time after four very average performances uh, and Trossard obviously grabbed the headlines with his winning finish against Everton. Now obviously this weekend it's a North London derby and a North London derby could be a cracking watch for the neutral and an all-round miserable watch for the fans. I keep saying that as feel-good and as positive as the results have been for Spurs so far, there is a hiding, a humbling, maybe even a humiliation lurking under the surface as they come across a team with proper pedigree for the first time this season. It could be high scoring all round, so if you've got the opportunity to bring in Trossard, it's potentially a premium addition with a follow-up away game to Bournemouth the following week if Martinelli is still out. And just to note, another Villa asset is Jacob Ramsey. For those who are keen on him, he's likely to return and be in the matchday squad at the weekend away at Chelsea. And then in attack, I'm going to highlight Odson Eduard for Palace. Pre-game week one, his ownership in eight team leagues was less than 30%. And since then, it's gradually been creeping up to now where it sits around 60%. And I expect that to climb higher again this week. He's currently sitting in fifth overall in terms of FPL point scorers with four goals from the opening five games. A game against Fulham at home is not a bad one to keep it going and neither is United away and then Forrest at home after that too. Into the hidden gem section. So these are guys with generally less than 10% ownership in most conventionally sized leagues. First one is Mads Ruslov for Brentford. Now Henry is now out for the season with a nasty knee injury, which means a long-term vacancy at fullback for Brentford. Most obvious answer is for Ruslov to come in at right back with Hickey uh, moving over to left back. Generally, this would slightly put me off the Brentford clean sheet, um, but they've got Everton at home this weekend and there aren't many better fixtures to target at the moment. Now, for Brighton, I thought by now we'd have seen um, more of Igor, who we haven't really seen at all, but Van Heck seems to be the preferred partner to dunk so far and is putting in some very good performances. Definitely preferred over Webster. And, you know, defensively, Brighton are yet to keep a clean sheet, which uh, may make Deserby continue to search for a more effective centre-back combination but I think the combo of Dunk and Van Heck seems to suit them and work very well. In midfield, uh, Gustavo Hamer for Sheffield United, another goal for him and another very well taken one. I wasn't sure if him and McAtee would both play together but I think it's a positive move that they were both in the 11 and both look very dangerous at times. In 16 team leagues his ownership isn't even over 50% which definitely needs to change and in most leagues he's below 10% owned and I still think is well worth a punt depending on the fixtures. After Newcastle this weekend, they have two away games to West Ham and Fulham, 
so far, it's Sheffield United's two away games that he has found the net. So if that trend is set to continue, that could be a couple of good games to bring him in for. Back to Brighton now. Now with the likes of uh, Matoma, uh, Gross, Ferguson, Welbeck, uh, Fatsy coming in, um, Solly March, lots of names that get lots of plaudits lately. But one who seems to sort of go a little bit under the radar is Simon Edingra. He started his first league game in place of the injured Solly March and played well, getting the assist for, I think it was the first goal. Um, ownership generally very low and with Bournemouth at home this weekend not a bad game to target the only thing is trying to predict the Brighton starting 11 this season um, as I've said already this year is going to be the mini game we're all playing but if March is likely to be out again then I would expect Adingra to play again the best probability I'd give if March doesn't start is about 60% the other thing that will obviously impact this is uh, their European game in midweek and so if he were to start that, then it would probably lower those odds to about 30%. Um, it's all very up in the air. They've got a very good squad, so it could go lots and lots of ways. I think if someone like Fatty or Buonanotte were to get a start and Dingra was on the bench, then uh, that would probably boost my odds of him starting against Bournemouth to maybe 70-80%. But as I said, it's still very, very hard to predict. To Burnley now, so I think one of the good options if you're looking to target that double game week next weekend uh, is Luca Colliosho. Very low ownership, enough to be uh, a most hidden gem pick if I wanted him to be. I really like what I've seen from him so far and with, the say, that double game week coming up, I don't think his ownership will stay this low for very long. In terms of the Burnley team in general, he's only behind Lyle Foster in terms of uh, attacking threat. But when you then factor in the fact that Foster is going to miss the next two games... Uh, after picking up a really silly red card, then Colliosho is going to have to be their main creator and threat and therefore represents the most attractive prospect for them in the waiver pile. Now, just like predicting the Brighton game is like a game within a game, um, I'm going to do a hidden gems section within the hidden gems section, just focusing on Luton for those who may be interested. Personally, I think that could be uh, a bit of a trap, and as much as I love uh, a bit of double game week action, I'm not sure I'd really want to go mining the waiver pile for uh, one of these mediocre Luton players. But let's talk through some anyway. So as I said, the, the next fixture is Wolves at home, and then the double is Everton away, Burnley at home. Um, so a chance for them to improve on the two goals that they've managed from the opening four games. In defence, my defender of choice, if I was going to punt on one, is Kabore. No returns so far, but has an expected assist tally of 1.6, which is far and away the highest of all the Luton players. He's another one that could have been a most hidden gem this week, with ownership uh, only reaching 7% in 16-team leagues and very negligible elsewhere. If you couldn't get him and you're looking for alternatives, Amari Bell and Ryan Giles would be the main ones to look at. Bell mainly for his assured minutes and Giles for his attacking threat down the opposite flank on the left. None of the Luton midfielders interest me very much. I expect if he's fit, Ross Barkley's ownership will go up a bit. Uh, and to be fair, his underlying stats from the first couple of games are quite good. So if he was something that did interest you, um, I wouldn't necessarily say no. And then up top, the only guy you're likely to find available is Jacob Brown. Ownership in 10 team leagues is just 6%. And again, I would expect that to rise this week. He's featured in every game so far and got his first start against Fulham last week. His expected goal involvements per 90 is up at 0.69 at the moment, which is the highest across the whole Luton squad. 
With Adebayo being largely ineffective so far, I think we'll see Brown start this week against Wolves. The issue will be in the double, where I wouldn't be surprised if Adebayo starts one of the two fixtures. Um, but if he scores, then uh, I think they have to just play the forward man all the way. So to the most hidden gem pick this week. So this is a guy less than 10% ownership in 16 team leagues. As I said, there are a few names already that I could have had here. Um, but I was pretty dead certain as soon as I saw his ownership and saw him play at the weekend, it was always going to be Justin Cliver of Bournemouth. Um, he is right on the line for a most hidden gem pick. His ownership is 10% at the moment in 16 team leagues. I haven't been too fussed with what I'd seen of him before the weekend, but what a game changer he was in an otherwise very dreary, low-quality game against Chelsea. He got on the ball a lot, was always positive uh, and seemed threatening every time he carried it forward. Definitely, definitely worth a pick up in larger leagues because uh, he won't hang around the waivers too long when that inevitable first goal goes in. couple of names on the get-rid list. Uh, Henry, I mentioned, obviously, he's got a season-ending knee injury. We've already covered him. Perisic is the other one to get announced today, just a completely um, innocuous non-contact injury in training. I think just on this subject, I've seen some asking whether this makes Solomon more of an option. It certainly doesn't count against him, but I think this probably helps Richarlison more than anyone else. Son will likely have to be used more back in his usual position on the left. Brandon Johnson, in my opinion, isn't quite up to being an out-and-out number nine at the moment. So Richarlison, particularly coming off the back of that match-winning performance last week, should have the opportunity to re-audition for that role for a few more weeks. The other player I'm adding to the get-rid list, just because his ownership is reasonably high at the moment, is Eddie Nketiah. Um, got a good show of confidence with a starting spot over Jesus last week, but he didn't really make the most of it, and I think he'll soon be back to his usual role as an impact sub. In terms of uh, trades, uh, a few names to highlight here on the sell-high by low list. In terms of sell-high... First one I've got on here is Isaac. I wonder if the pattern that we saw this week will continue with Wilson starting in the league and Isaac playing the European fixture. It would worry me slightly and I'd see if there was anyone uh, in the league willing to take him off my hands if I had him. But I wouldn't undervalue him um, You know that much. I'd happily keep him if I couldn't get a good deal. The other one on my sell high list would be Raheem Sterling. Despite him being a standout performer for Chelsea, in my opinion so far, my overall opinion hasn't really changed much and we're still only left with a big game that he had at home to Luton, which is, you know, hardly convincing. I would definitely look to see if I could bring in a good value mid or forward for him if uh, if you can tempt someone else. And in terms of buying low, so maybe some players to look at when trading the two names I just mentioned. The first one is Ollie Watkins. He hasn't scored yet, but does have four assists. Some owners could be growing impatient, so capitalise with a cheeky offer for a lower-ranking striker, plus maybe a slight mid-upgrade. Um, his expected goals for the season so far is 2.4, so you could say he's due one, and maybe just lacking a bit of confidence for whatever reason. The other one is Jack Graylish, uh, another one where you could maybe test the patience of Graylish owners with uh, attempting offer as he looks set to miss this weekend again. It has been fun watching Doku thrown in, but make no mistake, Graylish is still the main man on the left side when everyone is fit. And so there could be say, an, an opening there for some trade negotiations for a manager, maybe if they're even carrying some other injuries and they just need some fit players in the squad. So that's it for this week. A reminder that the waiver deadline will be at the very civilised time of 1.30 in the afternoon. That's British summertime, Friday the 22nd of September. 
ahead of the opening uh, games, which will be the 3pm slot on Saturday. So there's no Friday night and no early lunchtime game on Saturday. And there's also no Monday night football, so everything will be nicely wrapped up, a content creator's dream, by uh, the evening of Sunday. So if you're one of the few that have yet to check out our site at draftfc.co.uk, Um, and we still haven't been able to tempt you so far, head over there now and you'll be able to get a seven-day free trial. So you'll be able to take in everything we've got on offer for the upcoming game week for absolutely free and try before you buy. You'll be able to get access to the live game week function where you can see how everything's going in real time, including live bonus points, all the league analytics. You'll be able to look at your global ranks, see where your league stacks against every other league of that size in the world. The squad planner, which is probably the most useful thing in the next couple of days, you have to see all the ownership stats, uh, expected points, waiver suggestions, optimal starting lineup. You also have access to our predicted lineups, which is a little bit more involved than the one you can see on the front facing page, because all the players will also display their ownership percentage, their expected points for the coming game week, who owns them and whether or not they're available in your league. So it's completely tailored to your league environment. Plus, you've got access to our rankings, which are updated just a couple of weeks ago, and we'll probably have a little fiddle with this weekend. And that's probably enough to be getting on with for now. If you're a fan of the podcast and don't want to miss it each week, then make sure you're following or subscribed on whichever platform you're listening on. And also leave us a review so that more people can find us. Give us a follow on Twitter or X uh, at draft underscore FC. Uh, If you need us at all, anything, any queries about the website, about your draft team, about the podcast, that's the easiest place to reach out to us. um, And we're usually very responsive on there to any questions. I'd also like to start to try and make the podcast a bit more interactive. Um, I have recently asked for uh, trades that have gone down to discuss and things like that. But really anything going down, any particular headaches you're having with particular players, trades, tactical issues with how you may be thinking about lining up or planning moves ahead of an upcoming head-to-head matchup, whatever it is, um, or just something to do with Premier League football, then um, do message. You can either just message directly or DM. And uh, if it's something interesting, I'll make sure to include it on next week's pod. So best of luck ahead of your waivers and ahead of game week six. And until next time, stay shook.